you are. Rolling. <clears throat> oh, it's gone? Yeah, rolling. Oh. <laughs> but have you seen it? Well, let's just say you haven't seen it yet. Yes, it is. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yes. You haven't seen it? Yes, I have. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of You Haven't Seen That for May 17th, 2019. This is the podcast, as the title suggests, is going over a film that one or more of us have not seen. Even the best of us film lovers have gap in our film viewing, and here we're trying to fill them in one week at a time. I'm your host, Adam Snow, and sitting across from me, as always, the Bodie to my Johnny Utah, it's Stephen Travis. How you doing, bud? I'm good. That's it? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm just doing good. <laughs> it's, it's nice and sunny outside, even though it's a little chilly. Mm-hmm. Weather's starting to kind of pick up. I mean, it's been all over the place lately. You'd think we'd be getting 70-degree weather, but... It's been like that in the 50s. Ugh. Anyways. Oh, you want to talk about the weather? Heck no. That's the easiest cop out ever. I hate talking about the weather. All right. Well, we appreciate you giving us a listen, even if it's not about the weather. If you like what you hear and want to support us, please follow us on Twitter at YHST Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at You Haven't Seen That Podcast. Email us if you're so inclined. The address there is You Haven't Seen That Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. You can also find the show on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. So find us there. At you haven't seen that with a single question mark. Subscribe. Leave a rating, a review. It would certainly help us out. I haven't looked at the reviews in a while. Uh, I might have to do that before the end of the show just to see where we're at. Our film selection this week in honor of the release of John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Oof, what a long-ass title. I could have just stuck with John Wick Chapter 3. It wow. stars Keanu Reeves, and uh, that's why we're going to be jumping all the way back to the early 90s this week for the 1991 action film Point Break, directed by the great Catherine Bigelow and starring Keanu Reeves and the late Patrick Swayze. I haven't seen this film, and Stephen, uh, neither of you. Nope. It's apparently a 90s action movie classic. Uh, as demonstrated in the film Hot Fuzz, they made sure to watch that film. Okay. Which is uh, my very limited knowledge of the film. I know a couple other little nuggets about it, but other than that, I've never seen it. And I've always kind of been curious. And I know it did get a remake a few years ago that not everybody dug. But... Uh, yeah, I have no knowledge of this, except <laughs> for who's in it. But, I mean, Surfer's Robin Banks, I think, is the premise, so count me in. That sounds like the most 90 thing, 90s thing ever. I mean, who knows? Maybe I have seen this. Honestly, I feel like I've, just by seeing like cover photos and stuff of this movie, I may have seen it on TV before, or at least part of it, because that premise sounds familiar. It's like, I don't know. Who knows? Most likely not, though. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe I've seen, like, bits and pieces of this, like, on, on a movie channel, but I've just never sat down and watched it 
yeah, because I'm pretty sure I saw like parts of the very beginning with uh, Patrick Swayze and his surfboard and stuff. Right. Because that's what clicked with me was when he said that. I remember seeing that, but that's probably the gist of it, just that very beginning, because someone else was watching or something. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Just like in passing. Yeah. So that's what prompted me to kind of – I struggled with a few topics this week, and we were – I told you about him. You were kind of really excited about one of them, which was, let's just talk about all the movies where uh, Keanu Reeves' character in the movie was named John. Yeah, because I had no idea he was John in so many dang movies. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were walking around and you're like, is that even a thing? Like, He said, what, like one or two movies where maybe his name was John? And I listed off six or seven. <laughs> you're like, well, dang. Yeah, I thought it was maybe three. Yeah, like I couldn't believe it either, but I know that was a joke there while ago where it was like he was like john in every other movie that's funny for one reason or another yeah that's weird but, such a plain name too. right no offense to anybody named john <laughs> and like i said i think two of the movie like john wick and then there's another one where he's john in the title of the movie so he's that character and that's also the title of the movie so right. <laughs> it's kind of funny but i decided to play it safe and we're gonna actually just kind of talk about some of our favorite 90s action movies because i mean why not and there's a lot of the classic 90s action movies i know i haven't seen so don't go yelling at us if you don't hear something you like on the list or on our lists yeah there's a there's a lot yeah and my list is kind of weird because like i just kind of did a search for action movies and i got a bunch of different ones so if you hear one and you're you're not quite thinking it's an action movie well that's what the internet said it kind of was so i rolled with it but I guess we can just go back and forth and uh, just exchange ones we had. Uh, do you want to go first or should, or should I? Let's just roll with it. Just free for all. Free for just all. Let's talk about some stuff. All right. Well, when when you think of 90s action movie, what what is like one of the first images that comes to your head? I mean, I do think of, uh, whatchamacallit, freaking, oh, God, no, the one we just watched. During Christmas, um, we watch a lot of movies during Christmas. Yeah, but the action when we watch it's oh, not Die Hard, Die Hard. Yeah, that's the one that I usually think of when I think of like nineties. Was that even nineties? That one wasn't. I was gonna say that was actually eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, all so the sequels mind. were in the nineties. That's eighties. Yeah, because I think about the sequels, which I've, I've never, never seen, seen any of them. So right, which I think I have seen part of those, but I think of like. Actually, you know what? I don't even know if any of these movies that I'm thinking of are actually from <laughs> are the 90s. none of them in the '90s. Well, the ones that I started now just thinking of um, after you asked me that. <laughs> I mean, there's the typical at the very end of the '90s, uh, the Matrix. Yep, that's a. Because I still classic. remember the first time I watched that movie. That was like. Shortly after my dad had his heart attack, and there's a lot of people from our church like bringing us meals and stuff all the time, just to like look out for a family and whatnot, just to be nice. And I remember getting food from some family, and me and my dad actually just sat and watched The Matrix for the first time. Hmm. And that movie blew my mind, though. Yeah, that was such a unique movie. I mean, even though it was from '99, so it was the very butt end of the '90s, but. Yeah, that that was a game changer for 
I feel like a lot of movies. Yeah, too. it was. I mean, you saw people copying that movie of the Wazoo. Yeah. Just that slow mo the stuff they do. Time, yeah. It's super. Yeah, bullet time. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably like the first one that comes to my mind. Is always that one. Mm. Yeah. Well, and another Keanu Reeves movie. Funny enough. Yep. And I will start by saying, I've never, like, even though I did really enjoy The Matrix. And I've enjoyed John Wick. I never really liked Keanu Reeves as an actor very much. I just found him very dull and... Dry? Expressionless. Yeah, dry. But, I mean, his stunts are incredible. Knowing that he does them all himself and stuff like that. Like, he actually learned the choreography for all these fight scenes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I, like, respect the shit out of him for that. And as, like, an actual human being, I respect the crap out of him. Oh, yeah. But as an actor, I'm just like, dude, you're so boring like and he's always that he just always seems like that same person he doesn't have a lot of energy unless he's fighting but yeah i don't know i think that's why the john wick role was perfect for him because it really kind of I mean, yeah, played it, played to his strengths yeah it played to exactly who he is yeah and everything okay well i'm gonna I've throw seen. out uh this guy I think of all the time when I think of 90s action movies, but I'm going to throw out the 1990 film Total Recall, a Paul Verhoeven film. Oh, yeah, crack that burr open. I don't know who that is. Paul Verhoeven, he did like RoboCop and uh, okay. some other movies. But, I mean, Total Recall, which was based off of the Philip K. Dick novel. Uh, I forget what the exact title was. It might have been Total Recall. Not going to bother looking at it, but they remade Total Recall a few years back, to be more accurate. Yeah, they did, in 2012. Yep. But anyway, the first Total Recall in 1990, I thought, was just exactly what you'd want out of a 90s action movie. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You had the key ingredients. You had Schwarzenegger. You had explosions. You had awesome sci-fi elements and people's faces exploding on Mars. Like It had everything in it from front to back. And... Oh, so good, so cheesy, but so darn fun. That's, like, because 80s and 90s have that similarities yeah. to them. They're, like, the cheesy lines, but a great over-the-top action. Yeah, and definitely Arnold. That is one of my favorite stars from those movies back then. Oh, day. yeah. You know, I haven't seen a lot of them. The ones I have seen, I always loved Arnold. Right, yeah, same here. Like, I know I, I've never seen... All of Kindergarten Cop from front to back. or Oh, see, that was one that was, like, super cheesy. And it's, like, it's like a lot of actors who were doing these great action movies or, like, really inappropriate for kid movies, and then they just go and do this somewhat, like, because that one's still an action movie, and it's similar to what he was doing, but it was definitely not, like, an R-rated movie like he used usually did i don't think it was at least but i've definitely seen that movie numerous times that was when i grew up watching mm-hmm. and it's super cheesy but it was actually like fun it was goofy i just always remember it laughing as a kid watching that one i don't know who did that like eddie murphy doing all this raunchy shit and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's going to doing all these kids movies this i want to say kindergarten cops a kids movie by any means but still yeah, that was definitely along those same lines i feel like though right well, I'm just saying, like, those were, like, the ones that hit, like, I never saw, like, that, and 
twins all the way through. I know I've seen big chunks of that, but just never all the way through. Yeah, I don't recall at all, but I'm pretty sure I watched it all the way through. Uh-huh. I just remember him actually doing it too, and just lifting up the back end of a car in this parking garage because he made an alarm go off. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, if you put it at a certain angle, it'll turn the alarm off, and he just freaking lifts this car up uh-huh. with his beastie self, and the alarm literally goes off. I think he put it at like a 45-degree angle or something. Yeah, it was crazy. It's ridiculous. But, what a bad motherfucker, though. But, uh, yeah, like I think I got a couple more Arnold movies on my, my list, too. But I'll let you throw another one out there if you got one. Um, Fifth Element was always good. It's okay. like definitely a popular one. That's one I've definitely seen bits and pieces of, never all the way through, but one I've always kind of wanted to see. Like, I couldn't even tell you the premise of the movie right now, but I just remember I did watch it a couple times growing up, and, like, at least in high school, I eventually watched it, but. That might be one we just have to interesting. fit into the show. Yeah. So. I mean, my man Bruce. Bruce Willis. And Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Yeah. Like, oh, I definitely know enough. That makes me really curious about the movie. Like, do you, do you but not enough s- to where I, I know a hundred percent of the plot? Right. You ever see like anything from like Chris Tucker's character in that movie? Oh yeah, that okay. I'm, that's so, one of the things I'm like really anxious to watch. Yeah. His flamboyant character that he has. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. That's worth a watch. I'll save. I'll save one of these Arnold movies, but I'll go to a lesser known movie that I saw when I was taking some film classes. So you've heard of director Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah. He one of his first movies, I believe, he, is, he's the if I'm remembering correctly, he's the one that has done stuff with like uh, Quentin. Tarantino, yeah, he did the right? Grindhouse with Tarantino. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. But he like did Spy Kids. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of one of his more serious movies, you know, like Machete and uh, the Machete. Desperado. I was a Desperado. But anyway, his first movie. Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen Desperado. Okay, well, I believe that is a sequel to this movie called El Mariachi. Yeah. It's his yeah. first movie. It was a three, I believe it was like a $3,000 budget. Dang. And it's incredible. It is one of the, and it's a Spanish language film. So you got to read the subtitles. That's how I would recommend it. But it was just awesome. Like a nice little indie film, but. Oh man, it just had some great action. It was hilarious. It was fun. And when you sit back and think like this only cost him $3,000 and he pulled this off, it's incredible. It was it's heralded as some of the best you no know, low budget filmmaking out there. That's why Robert Rodriguez is where he is now because of what he did with that kind of budget and it's it's awesome. If you've never seen it, check that one out. That is definitely like a little that wasn't it was 3,000 I believe it was like a $3,000 budget. That's how I always remember it. Oh. I mean, it could be... I think it was seven. I'm yeah, give sure, or take I'm, a few thousand I'm dollars. But, here. but still, that's super cheap. Was, yeah, even then, $7,000 still dirt cheap. I don't know why I kept thinking $3,000. but Maybe that was like for yeah. just the film stock see, alone. See, now I don't remember if I saw that one or not. But I know I saw, saw the sequel. Hmm. Um, yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, like they did, the Desperado was a sequel, Desperado, and there might have been one yeah. other one. Because uh, I think then George Clooney or somebody, no, Antonio Banderas, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. He picks up the character after that, and he becomes that uh, 
mariachi. But I'd like to see some more of those. Uh, those movies look a lot of fun. Well, yeah, since we're speaking of him then, another good one that I enjoyed from the 90s, only watched like a handful of years ago, like maybe three, um, From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, okay. By him. Yeah, that's one I've never seen. That's one I've always wanted to check out. that one, like, started out like every other type of, I don't know, uh, action movie from that era. But then it took a twist that I did not expect. Mm -hmm. And I just won't even say anything just in case anybody. That's the one where Tarantino teams up with Clooney? Okay, yep. Yeah, he, well, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He does. He does okay. act. So yeah, that's that's as much as I know about that movie. That yep. and Selma Hayek's in it. Yep. And, she and fine as hell. Tarantino movie. wrote the screenplay for that oh, one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Tarantino, great writing. That's that's also what made me want to check that one out. But not the best acting all the time. No, he's not. The and best he was actor. in this one quite a bit. Let's see another one. It wasn't just a cameo. Right. Let's see. How about this one? Might raise some eyebrows, but uh, Jurassic Park, 1993. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually... I'm pretty sure it was a re-screening of it. Because there's no way I watched that movie when it came out. But I... We were four years old at the time. Yeah. But I did watch it in theaters, though. Mm -hmm. So it must have been a re-screening, like, a handful of years later. But I still remember I was really young, because my dad didn't even want to watch... Or didn't want me to watch the part where he actually bites the guy in the porta potty. Yeah, yeah. I just remember him covering my. I don't know how I remember that because I was <laughs> definitely pretty young though. But yeah, I just remember him closing my eyes for that part and then seeing it. However long later it was, I saw it again. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, that's what I missed." Yeah, this. <laughs> but. This is one of those movies I would pay to go see in a theater like today. That was so good still. That, that movie still holds up. Oh, it still opinion. holds up. The, the special effects are phenomenal. Yep. And I like catching a lot of the little flubs. You know, they talk about like in this scene you can actually see like the sprinkler, you know, where the rain comes down or you can see the... Oh, yeah, I said I know about that. If you like look out for certain things. It's been a while. But I mean, still, it's a great movie. A lot of great set pieces. I mean, there's not really... I don't think there's any explosions in the movie, really. But So they get away with that, where it's a fun action movie without a lot of explosions, if any. And, uh, you know... Because it, it wasn't a Michael Bay movie. Right. But it's a good Spielberg... Explosions, just, explosions, explosions! Michael Bay presents Explosions! Why don't you? But uh, just saying. Yeah. So Jurassic Park. I don't know if people would actually count it or not, but I kind of do. It's it's got some elements of action in there. I mean, yeah. So I'll give you that. Okay. What else you got? Um. See, I didn't really find a lot that I could think of. Um. I mean, other than every 
like all the Batman movies, mm-hmm. but like the terrible ones, like Batman and Robin. Yeah, I mean, I try really hard to stay away from like some of the superheroes. I only put one on there, but uh, yeah, it's I mean, not. But the that one was like when think. we had a few Batman movies. But um, actually, one that I don't know how it did necessarily, but one I actually remember watching a lot and liking it definitely. Let's see. I don't even know what to say about it, but I don't think it really did very well. But I remember like watching U.S. Marshals. Hmm. Did you ever see that one? No. That was with a uh, homeboy. Uh, Which homeboy? <laughs> let me remember his name. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, that homeboy. Like Wesley Snipes. Robert Downey Jr. was in it. Okay. I don't think it did very well at all, but I I don't know. I just remember watching that one with my dad and stuff. Because he, he always watched those action movies. But even like Harrison Ford's uh, The Fugitive. Mm, that's one I've never seen. I've always wanted to kind of check out. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I like that one. Yeah, you'll, you'll see when I get down to you know when my list is all done that I haven't seen all the probably the core action movies of the 90s. Which then, is why we're doing this. And obviously one of my favorites that I didn't watch until I was much older was The Legend of the Drunken Master that I've brought up many times with Jackie Chan. Hmm. Yeah, we just talked about him, but okay. in that movie. Well, what a good transition because one of my other movies is 1998's Rush Hour. Yeah. What see, a fun just action yeah. comedy. Like, oh, some good stuff there. I remember, I think I saw that. No, I didn't see it in theaters. I remember a, a relative had rented it. And I just remember watching the crap out of that movie, like, just on repeat. It was so much fun. Heck yeah. So I'm embarrassed to even say this, but there was a short amount of time. It was very short. I don't know why my parents were trying to, like, like nothing wrong with them doing this, but... We had a friend, a family friend, who decided to get this like box that would censor movies for you, and it would straight up freaking make the movie go silent and it put subtitles up for a second when they like swore, and it would just put in a different word because it was just like, yeah, I still can picture this weird ass box huh. to censor swearing, and I hated it because it would even say. Or even bleep out like the word God. It's like you're not even using God in vain because they have the song uh, War in that movie. It's like, whoa, good God. And it bleeped out like that whole part <laughs> oh. with the song and shit. So I think it was the first time I ever saw that movie. I saw it like that. Yeah. And it was so weird to see it like that. Yeah. That... But definitely got to see it uncensored, even though it's seriously not even like a censorable movie. Right. That's what. We we always complained about it as kids. We're like, why? Like, this isn't even bad. Like, let's just turn this shit off real quick. And obviously, we didn't say shit because we were censored. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, we I, I didn't at that age, not in front of my parents at least. <laughs> but then I remember we moved it to the basement. So if we watched movies in the or anything in the basement, it was on. But yeah, that thing didn't last very long. It's like, why are you even doing this? Like, you're censoring like bullcrap. Who cares? Anyways, yeah. Um, 
let's see, what are some other ones I really like? Oh, we just learned a little bit about our man recently. We were watching some of his uh, SNL skits, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja oh. with Chris Farley. Yep, that's one I remember. That was I, kind of a I've never seen action. it all the way through. I remember catching the beginning of the movie, laughing my butt off, but for whatever reason, never finished it. Yeah, that one's good. I actually like that movie a lot. I have to check that out. Man, so many, so many 90s movies I gotta check out. Yeah, because I don't even think I've ever watched. Uh, well, at least I don't recall watching like Con Air, which I know wow. is like barely or very uh, popular. Right. In that world of yeah. movies. Well, what about this popular movie? Uh, this one really took the world by storm. 1996's Independence Day. Yep. Star Will Smith. My man, Will. Man, I remember seeing that in the theater. So I was only seven years old. My dad and I went and saw that in theater. And, um, yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Freaking, I'll never forget the aliens in the tube that were, like, talking psychically through one of the scientists. Like, that mm. whole shit it's been freaked a long me time out. I've seen it, but. And then what else? When Will Smith like opened up the alien ship and then punched the alien in the face. Like Oh yep. I remember simultaneously being scared moment. and being like, dude, this guy is awesome. Heck yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Will, like we also had Men in Black. Oh, that's right. Coming out in ninety seven. Oh, that movie is so goddamn good. Oh so goddamn good. Like I remember I don't know if I saw that in theaters or not. Like I don't think I did, but my parents Definitely bought it, and I remember watching the crap out of that, too. My mom loved watching that movie. Like, Tommy Lee Jones' deadpan humor, and just Will Smith's just... He was at the top of his game in the 90s. Like, mm. man, what a recipe for success that was. The See, I think the 90s was action was good because it started blending a lot of different genres. Back in the 80s, you know, when you got your Stallones and your Schwarzeneggers, there wasn't really much... Well, I guess you throw Bruce Willis in there. He was another staple of the mm-hmm. of the action genre. But, like, there wasn't a, a whole lot to those. Not not that I'm saying, like, any other films are bad. I'm just saying, like, they're only a kind of uh, beholden to a couple of genres. Like, uh, oh, yeah. you're just an action movie or a war movie. You know, those kind of the two lanes they were kind of in. Right, because now in the 90s we got, like, the buddy action comedy movies yeah then you get like sci-fi yep i guess lethal weapon might have started in the 80s too so that's kind of where the buddy cop oh yeah came that's in. right i forgot the first one came out around then but yeah i've never seen any of the lethal weapons but i've definitely seen some of those but i, I mean you know which ones though it felt like in the 90s is where they started experimenting like oh we'll try like vampire action or uh spy action which i guess james bond Technically, also had a foot in. Because in the 90s, you got Goldeneye, which is a very 90s movie if I've ever seen one. I'm not, that's definitely not one of my favorites, but I remember watching that not too long ago and being like, yeah, this is very 90s mm-hmm. action. Um, but one of my other picks was uh, 1996's Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible. Oh, shoot. That's right. Yep, and those films are still kicking today. We've had five Which movies since 1996. Like, 
just was just last year we got wow. Mission Impossible Six. Tom Cruise is so good. Dude, he and those movies. I've no, the only one I've never seen or ever seen was the second one. I've seen all the other ones. I own all of them. I just haven't gotten around oh, to yeah, watching the second two. Yeah, the second I'm one. I'm pretty sure I've seen them all, at least once. But I don't know. Have you? I don't. I don't know if I've actually. seen I don't even know if you've seen the last ones. one, Fallout. Oh, sorry. Except for that last one, I haven't seen. I still too. need to get. I that. know for sure I haven't seen that one. I will have to buy it so we can check it out. That's one of my favorite movies from last year. But anyway, yeah, that first Mission Impossible. Like, who knew that that was gonna launch a big old franchise that we still have today in you know 2019 and they're gonna make two more movies supposedly back to back coming up here so really so this fran this franchise is still kicking today which is unbelievable well <clears throat> let's see um there's also the great blade yo you stole that one from my list yep uh, I put Blade on there because I remember, you know, just for that opening scene alone, the blood rave. You remember yeah, that? like with the sprinkler system. Yeah, the sprinkler system of blood. Oh, yeah. what a great opening. I believe that was the opening scene. It's towards the front of the movie, but what a great uh, set piece that was. Yup. And, I mean, obviously, then Wesley Snipes, you know, as a katana-wielding vampire ninja badass, like, worked for me. Yep. Some of the special effects might be a little outdated, but word. I mean, that's just the nineties for you. And then, okay, so my last two are both Schwarzenegger movies, uh, and I'll start with he teamed up with James Cameron both times, uh, and one of them was for True Lies. Have you ever seen this? Um, I can't remember if I actually saw it or not, but I know what it is. Yeah. Let me, if you really haven't seen it... I can, feel like my dad def, has to own that one. But True Lies is just a goofy, just fun action comedy in every sense of those words. Arnold at his peak, just schwarzenegger and Oh, such a good time. Oh, yeah, with Jimmy Lee Curtis. Jimmy Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah, even Tom is, Arnold, yep, Bill Paxton. Tom, okay. yep. Uh, I may have seen that one, but, but yeah. I don't recall anything. Yeah, I'd just, have to watch a trailer to remember if I've seen it or not. Yeah, and then uh, there's a good action scene at the end with a involving F F sixteen. I want to say. Oh. Yeah, an F sixteen and a terrorist, and it's great. It's great nineties okay. awesomeness. Okay. And catchphrases. What a badass. <laughs> one liners. And uh. Real quick, my last one, probably the best one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Ugh. The best of the Terminators. A franchise that's getting rebooted later this year. I'm not sure when exactly that movie comes out, but I guess it'll actually be the true sequel to Terminator 2 will come out this year. Because they're going to reboot slash cancel other movies out again. I don't know. Terminator's franchise is weird. Hmm. But, yeah, Judgment Day... Is phenomenal. Uh, James Cameron directed it. It's just some of the best action you'll ever see. Right on. And you get, you know, you get your one-liners, you get your your classic catchphrases. I'll be Bach. Yeah. Um. I remember 
actually watching uh, Face Off. Like, I, I remember watching that one time. I was definitely very high. I was probably like 15 years old. But Face Off was like, I don't, I don't know if like a lot of people actually watch that movie or not. But that was such a weird movie with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Was one of Nicolas, yeah, that was one of Nicolas Cage's better movies, I feel like. Hmm. Yeah, but, I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to watch <laughs> it for those performances where they play each other. <laughs> yeah, it was that was interesting. Like I, I couldn't even tell you a lot about that movie, but I remember really enjoying it when I watched it. I mean, yeah, it was high, so it's like hard to say. But usually if something's terrible when I was high back then, then I just really hate it. I was like, yeah, this is terrible. This is so stupid. But I remember enjoying it high, so that's also a plus. Hmm. But yeah, I feel like that's one everybody should watch. I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. Uh-huh. I feel like it is. I mean, there's just so much. The 90s is just packed. I mean, we got all those Pierce Brosnan. We got three of his... Uh, Bond movies. Bond movies, which was my very first Bond movie. Yeah. Um, not Goldeneye. That was the first one he did in the nineties. Right. And then there was a Tomorrow Never Dies or Ends. Uh, yeah, I believe it's Tomorrow Never Dies. I got them on my shelf. Yeah. And the world is not enough. The world never. Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah, the world is not enough. Which year did um, uh, Die Another Day come out? That's two thousands. That yep, that was two thousand two. Okay, never mind. That was the Tomorrow's first Bond never, movie I ever saw. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies was the very first one I ever watched, and I thought it was so bad. Like even when I watched it, because I, I remember I saw it on DVD. But it couldn't have been that much longer after it came out. It must have just come out on DVD. I'm just like, man, this is so cheesy. Like, this movie sucks. And then I finally watched. I don't think. I don't remember if I saw any other James Bond movies until uh, Homeboys and (laughs) Casino Royale. Um, So many Homeboys. I know, because they're Homeboys. I don't remember names like (laughs) you do. Um. It's just how my brain works. Yeah, but then I went back and watched like Sean Connery's. Ah, oh, and Sean I freaking Connery. love those ones because just James to watch Bond. how they started and everything, it's like okay, I understand the other ones way more now because they were all off the wall like crazy gadgets and stuff. And actually, I love those series, but yeah, those are the three. Oh, I know. The first one I ever watched was from the 90s, so that's the only reason I brought it up. Tomorrow Never Dies. I just remember not caring for it that much. But, I don't know, maybe hold up better. We need to keep doing those movies, too. Yeah. But some of them did get boring. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Some of them did get boring, and they were a little too long. But I feel like we're past a point to where I think the next we're going to watch might be good again. Right. that's going to be the one... It'll be the first one we watch with a different character, right? Yeah, this is the first one after um, Connery. Connery left. Yeah. But then Connery comes back yeah. for one. For one. Yeah. And then it switches again. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, back to the 90s. 
But yeah, so there's so much good stuff. I mean, obviously we couldn't list everything. I'm sure there's some people out there screaming, what about this action movie? How did you not see these ones? Well, uh, tell us what we missed, and we'll try to fit them in. Because I watch good movies. Your movie probably sucks. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, actually, just because it's fun to say, this is the 90s is when we got our first Star Wars reboot movie. Oh, that's true. Where George Lucas decided to fuck everything up with the Phantom Menace. Before Ryan Johnson came in and decided to fuck everything so up with The Last Jedi. Like, I'm not even talking about my favorites anymore. I'm just talking about shit that pisses me off. Right. I mean, you also in the but, 90s, you got the crappy you know, Batman and Robin. Uh, right, yeah, I said uh, that. And I don't want to talk about the bad action. So. No, no, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a whole other but, tangent. No, there were some good ones. Oh yeah, plenty. And like, like we said, a lot of the '80s staples kind of transitioned into the '90s because you got like the Die Hard sequels, you got more Lethal Weapon sequels, uh, mm-hmm. you got like the Predator sequel was in the '90s, which I've never seen, like Predator Two. Oh yep. And uh, the first Predator movie I ever saw was Predator vs Alien. Oh yeah. I saw that in theaters with my dad. It was the first one I ever saw. I think that was the first one of those I saw, too. Nice. Alien or Predator movie. But, yeah, just so much here. You know, Arnold made some other stuff in between. I just hit the high notes. Uh, and, obviously, Stallone probably yeah. made, like, a Rocky movie in there somewhere. But. Right. But that, that's, like, a different type of action. True. I mean, I just think too. Stallone is another action star. Like, maybe there wasn't a Rambo in the 90s not whatever there's just so much yeah. like when you think of 90s action movies everybody's got a different definition or a different movie they think of it was a right cool it was a cool era for movies though yeah especially action like you said mixing it up with the sci-fi and stuff which yeah. they probably did a little in the 80s but probably yeah but i think you know it got not perfected but it was getting closer to perfection through the 90s and even till today. I'm just surprised you haven't mentioned or didn't mention your favorite movies that came out in 1990. My favorite? <clears throat> oh, the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. I thought about adding <laughs> those, but... Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I was trying to stick to more of like the nah, ex- explosion-y... Yup. Yup. Man on a mission kind of action movies, but... I was kind of all over the place. Some stuff I was... I broke that rule. Some stuff I stuck to the rule. But no, I'm just kidding. You you kept it pretty straightforward. Right. I'm the one that veered off and decided to fuck with you a little bit. That's fine. Well, I don't know about you, but I am I am ready to see some Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze action goodness. I I have. Do you have any expectations for this movie? I mean, with I guess you do with what you just said. You I said s- goodness, so you're expecting. Well, it seems I, like I don't know if I expect it to be good, but I expect it to at least entertain me like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be an a movie give me a a b movie with just some good action sequences and uh because just some like even some eye rolls give me some eye roll like humor right i mean i'm expecting it to make me laugh a little more i'm hoping it will actually but i'm expecting it to at the same time to make me laugh a little more than uh, like shitty action movies, like 
the dreaded Supergirl movie we watched from the <laughs> 80s. But I haven't seen a lot from Catherine Bigelow. Uh, even though, like, the two, I think I've only seen two. Is I didn't watch Zero Dark Thirty, but I know that got some uh, yeah, good press behind That's a it. well-made movie, yeah. That's a good one. She did the uh, Hurt Locker, which won the Oscar back that then. That one I, wait. Is that the one I'm thinking of? There's two movies I confused, The Hurt Locker and something else. But I think The Hurt Locker is the one that I did see that I did really like. Yeah, it's got Jeremy Renner in it. Uh, yeah. Diffusing Bombs. Yep. Yep, that is the one. Because I, I really like that one. And then, did you, I don't think you watched it, but uh, this came out two years ago. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. I missed that one. That's one I really wanted to check out. That one I enjoyed a lot. That was a really good story. She's Yeah, she's a phenomenal really director. Good. So... Because of that, I have higher expectations. But these two, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> I've never been huge on these two. Swayze's like all right, from what I've seen. And Keanu's like, at least he's in good movies, even though I don't care for him that much. I still enjoy his movies. Even right. Speed, I forgot to bring that up. I think I was that say, Speed's one I've never seen. Yeah, I remember watching that one, and that was like an interesting concept. Uh, yeah, but, I like the concept. I know the concept. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I I am excited to watch this, though. I think I am going to enjoy this. Yeah. I think it'll be cool to see this, and then, um, obviously, I'll get to see the third John Wick as well. Because, obviously, we're recording this yeah. ahead of time. So, I'll get to go see John Wick 3 uh, on opening night. Which, those have been just fantastic, too. Oh, I know. And I've just... So, I've, I'm... Got high expectations for this next one. They they're really selling the action with this new one. I hope so. Oh, I'm so pumped. For this, I love the first two. For this, I'm hoping. I'm, I got big hopes. Yeah, for this one, just hopes. give me some good fun. Heck like, yeah, that's all I want. All right. Well. All right. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Okay, cool. Well, if there isn't much more to say, I think it's time Steven and I finally see Point Break, the original, not the crappy remake. And we would also like to remind you listeners out there that if you too haven't seen the flick and don't want to be spoiled, you will not offend us by stopping the show and coming back to it another time. I mean, you'll because... offend me. Like, you should have just gone and watched it when you saw the title of this episode and watched it before you started. But anyways. Or if you were see. listening to last week's show and we told you what we were going to watch this week. Yeah, you'll offend me, but whatever. I'm just kidding. I'm never offended. Because we can guarantee you after the intermission, there will be no holding back when it comes to the spoilers. If you dare to carry on from this point, then we will see you on the other side. See you in a few. quarterback turned fbi agent and he's a surfer slash bank robber but they'll become the best of friends in point break i swear to god that's the first time i've ever seen keenan keanu reeves smile in any of his movies and he smiled a lot
Like for real? Have you? I not would too if I filmed that? by a beach all the fucking time. I mean, true, true. But like, am I crazy for thinking that? I nah, swear, I've never he seen didn't him smile, smile a lot before. His his acting was all over the place in this movie. Like, I know he. It still was exactly what I expected out of <laughs> Keanu, but it he smiled, and that threw me. It was weird, like. He gave about yeah, like you said, about the performance you you expected. It was cheesy at times. I mean, he he actually had a couple of really cool moments, you know, throughout the movie. But then the rest of it was pretty, I won't say wooden, but it was pretty stiff and yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, he was still like quite the badass. Yeah, with his fighting sequences and stuff. He had that down. The few that we got to see. But you could still tell that he was kind of coming into his own as an actor. He was still, yeah, you know, yeah. slowly chipping away. Well, he'll be today, obviously, when I see John Wick three. But you know, I wasn't sure. I, I thought I'd have fun with this movie, and I had a lot of fun with this movie. I, I did too. I I can't believe it's taken me this long to see this. It, it was, was so good. It was not as good, uh, like on a film perspective oh, wise like yeah it wasn't as good as i was anticipating i thought it was maybe gonna be a little better the story was a little choppy and some of the decisions characters made made no freaking sense to me at all but still i agree i had a lot of fun with this movie mm-hmm. i enjoyed it a lot pleasantly surprised like i was like yeah i'll probably enjoy it but i enjoyed it way more than i thought i was gonna going into it like is it the greatest movie of all time nah but not even close no i definitely want to and this might be a little too early but i want to buy this movie now and have it ready to go whenever i want to you know just watch a good cheesy just action movie and this this thing delivers it's got jokes it's got just crazy performances from not only jokes not only keanu but like from gary Busey, who i didn't know was in this and gary Busey is just crazy yeah, he was he was nuts. And you got John C. McGinley, which everybody will know from uh, Scrubs as the angry Dr. Cox. He's fantastic in this with his over-the-top, just typical angry chief character. And then who else was there that was in this? They were just so over-the-top. Um, that that one gal. That's when I realized, once I saw her, uh, Lori Petty, mm. who played Tyler in the movie. That's the girl who was from... Uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah. That's when I realized, oh, I have seen parts of this movie before. Because I thought about that in the intro. I thought I had maybe seen parts. And I have, but like nothing really clicked. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really remember it that well. But when I saw her, I was like, okay, yeah, I remember her character. I remember them two together. And uh, even Patrick Swayze's character and just the way he looks. I remember seeing that on screen before. On like TV or something when my dad was watching it, mm. but yeah, that that one threw me off too. And speaking of Patrick Swayze, he was so good. Like he he was unexpectedly good. He we might have been like a little over the top, a couple get a couple of points, but for the most part, I actually dug his acting in this. I've never thought of Swayze as like uh, the world's greatest actor or anything. Right. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but never never to where I was like, he's a great actor. I was just like, he's Patrick Swayze. He's kind of the heartthrob, good-looking dude. From Dirty uh, Dancing. I, I've never seen Dirty Dancing all the way yeah, through. Yeah, but that's like 
Right, but yeah, he's, he's the cute guy from Dirty Dancing, or he's the, the husband from Ghost, which I've seen. Oh, so you think he's cute. No, I understand that's what everybody else said. That's what all the ladies that's said. What, that's up. what you say? Okay. Yeah, and oh, then Ghost, God. yeah. And yeah, but I've seen like Ghost all the way through. I mean, he's, from what I remember, was all right in that. I was more of a Demi Moore fan. But, oh, and Whoopi. Yeah, Whoopi was in it. Whoopi always cracked me up. But, yeah, like, so he turns in a great performance in this. And what I also like that, you know, after finishing the movie, I thought about it. And you remember in some of the Marvel movies that they actually reference Point Break, right? Nope. So it, it kind of funny because I remember them making the joke, and I've never seen Point Break, but I got that, you know, the surfer, surfer cop movie. I always knew about it. But in the Avengers movie, the first one, uh, Tony Stark goes up to Thor and, like, taps him on the arm. He's like, oh, you got a mean swing there, Point Break. Oh. Because he's got the long blonde hair in that gotcha. one. Okay, makes sense. And then in Thor Ragnarok, they bring that joke back because uh, he, uh, Thor can't log into the computer on the ship. And they kept, okay. they, kept, they kept saying, like, you know, Thor... The mighty Thor, and he comes, goes through all these names. And eventually, he just goes Point Break, <laughs> and then it opens the ship up for him. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. See, I don't remember all that. Yeah, and then uh, what other uh, pop culture reference? Uh, obviously, Hot Fuzz was the other one uh, that referenced this. Yeah. See, I don't remember them referencing this. Oh either. yeah, because they in Hot Fuzz, the uh, Frost and uh, crap. I'm forgetting his name already. Simon Pegg. They uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, they rent a couple of action movies and they're watching them late at night in the movie. And one okay. of them is Point Break. And they both, or he imitates him shooting his gun up into the sky when he doesn't shoot uh, Swayze when he gets away. Oh, yeah. And he's screaming up to the sky. And they actually do that in the movie, too. Okay. <laughs> Which is funny. And, uh,. Yeah, I'd have to watch that again because I yeah. do love that movie. But yeah, so now that I've seen the movie and I get that whole thing in context, you know, uh, it's kind of cool to to now know. Well, story wise, though, this movie kind of threw me off, and I didn't really understand. I didn't get a lot of what was going on, like towards the middle to the end, I guess. Because at first, I mean, because I was like, man, this is an action movie that we're watching, right? But it's like FBI, of course. There's going to be some action. Right. Like we're dealing with the FBI here. But then it's like, oh, I'm going to learn how to surf. And I expected Keanu just to become friends with uh, Bodie. Uh, homeboy. Yeah, Bodie, Patrick Swayze's character. And they kind of did, but then there was where he realized um, it was him doing the heist or whatever. Or, yeah, right? Because he knew it was him, right? Did he know by that point? No, I forget already. But, (laughs) oh, yeah. So it was him doing the heist. Yeah, because he had seen them surfing together, and he was like, oh, I got to go. He's like, I know what's going on now. It's these guys. These are real guys. Which I don't understand how he knew that, other than the dude mooning everybody. Right. But still, <laughs> that was kind of fishy. No pun intended. But um, he saw them doing their heist, and then I was like, oh, all right. Well, this isn't the typical 
I don't want to shoot this guy. Like, I'm going to get this guy. Yeah, it wasn't a typical, I want to just get this guy, but I don't because he's like my friend. He's just like balls to the wall. Like, I'm going to get this guy because this is my job and this is what I've been doing. But then right at the end, after screwing everything up and everything that I thought, he was like, nope, I can't get him because this guy is my friend. That kind of threw me. So I was like, man, this is this is better than all the other random shit that I've seen. And I was starting to think about um, Fast and the Furious quite a few times while watching this movie. And I'm glad we watched that little honest trailer afterwards because it's always fun to just watch anyways. But it just helps you remember everything you saw and remember how ridiculous certain things were. But they mentioned that too. It was like a almost plot. Yeah, there's plot point to plot point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like I was like, dude, no shit. Yeah, okay. Fast and the Furious is just point breaking cars. <laughs> yeah, and but more ridiculous. Pretty much, Fast and Furious was probably more ridiculous in this one. Yep. But yeah, yeah what, I don't know. What I, I what I really liked, I, like you were talking about, um, some of the you know the action and just kind of the the story beats with you know like. Oh, they're friends, but they're conflict. You know, but he's conflicted because now he knows his secret. And but what I really liked was the whole bank robbery stuff. Like the action was filmed really well. Catherine mm-hmm. Bigelow, funny story. She at this time, ninety uh, one, she was married to James Cameron. Oh, in the week before, really? in the Which week I bef- saw he was an executive producer. Yeah, he. Right? Uh, they were married, and. The week before Point Break was released, Terminator 2 Judgment Day was released, which oh. was James Cameron's movie. Oh. So they had their movies come out back-to-back weeks. That's crazy. And But, but I mean, I thought she was really good about just uh, – I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie, but I thought she did so Ooh. much right with, like, the action. And the action was pretty – The bank robbery scenes were so good because you, you really did feel like they were in – out of those banks within a minute and a minute and a half, minute and a half, and they never got caught, and it was awesome. But yeah, then, they did it right. They did those bank robberies right. Right. Like they they were smart until until the end. Patrick but, Swayze decided, oh no, let's get the vault. Right. But which like I don't understand that either because it's like, did he have a plan? But yeah, no, so, he didn't necessarily. It's like. Did he want to get caught? That's what I was also thinking because he knew that Keanu was an FBI agent at this point because he had already like stared him dead in the eye for like a minute straight when he was chasing him down the road from their last one. And he lets him know, like, I know who you are. I got your girl that used to be my girl, but this guy will kill her. And right. Like, did he actually have that guy kidnapped? Yeah, her? he did. Or, yeah, because at first I didn't understand that. I mean, I realized he did, but he was like, no, we got to go get him because I don't know what this guy's going to do. I need to, like, set her free. I think that was just him going, you know, Utah. Yeah, with it, but, yeah, so it was – it, it started getting a little all over the place for me at that point. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you want to go to the vault now, which we know he never went to the vault with his crew. They just did the cash registers, but he's like, oh – well, maybe this is his final job, and that's why he's trying to do that. And then it went sloppy, and he had a off-duty cop 
right. like decide to be a or hero. He's an off-duty cop. Like he should, because he was an off-duty cop. But they <laughs> kill him, and then they try to... The FBI tries to arrest Keanu's character, Johnny Utah. Right. I but like the... the it got sloppy. Yeah, the first half I felt was... I won't say it was tight, but it was more... Well thought out. I think yeah, like they, it made more sense. They, like they, they progressed really well because they start off and you meet your protagonist, which is former Buckeyes quarterback and rookie FBI agent Johnny Utah, which sounds like the yeah. most '90s <laughs> description yep. for a character ever. And yep. you know he gets partnered up with the crazy veteran who uh, doesn't want a partner that especially <laughs> that young because he's only supposed to be 25. Johnny's only supposed to be 25, and this dude is definitely well into his. 40s. I mean, he's been working in the bureau for 22 years. He right. Said, he so. says it 22. Yeah, 22 years. And uh, they're tasked with trying to find out uh, and stop the bank robbers known as the ex-presidents, which are a bunch of robbers who wear the masks of former presidents Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Jimmy Carter to hide their true identities. Which is fun watching them do it because they all kind of adopt those personas when they're in the bank. So it's mm-hmm. funny hearing them just be like. I am not a crook. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, those are goofy. Those are good lines. <laughs> so it was I like fun, cheesy. Part. But what I like with at least with Utah's character, they at least show them like, all right, so we're gonna, in order to, you know, like, well, first I guess we we'll have to backtrack for a second. He, the veteran cop played by Gary Busey, has a theory on who the bank robbers are, but everybody thinks the theory is crazy, so he just kind of. Whatever, I'm not telling them. I'm never going to talk about it ever again. Yeah, and you realize that because those other two FBI agents come up and make fun of him, and Keanu has no idea like what they're talking about, so he brings it up after he agrees to go to that like car scene, whatever it was. Right, where they dro- or where the after the bank robbery, they dropped off the That's car. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. And Gary Busey's carriage is like, oh, my God, seriously? This is where we're going. It's like, whatever. And he just follows along with it. But then Keanu convinces him to tell him, what's your theory? Like, what are they making fun of you for? Like, and what wait is for that? it. When you hear the theory, it is the most 90s <laughs> just explanation ever. I think they're surfers. Yeah. And then he's just all like, all right. I mean, it's like the new kid is just like ready to go at it for any very possible because he just right. wants to get his first like big case right off the bat. So he's like, "All right." And they're like, "Shoot, well, how do that you sounds to right this? to me." Like, how do you come to this conclusion? Well, if you look here, uh, he's got a tan line. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I. In the get. picture of the dude mooning everybody right. with it saying "thank you" on his ass cheeks. So it's just like, okay, like I guess I gets the ball rolling, and then so they decide mm-hmm. in order to catch him. One of them's got to go undercover, and it's not going to be the old veteran cop. It's going to be the young cop, Keanu yep. uh, Reeves. And he goes out to learn surfboard, and he's not very good at it until he meets a butch lady who's surfboarding real good. So he, he asks her. <laughs> yeah, he, she saves him because he's an idiot going out there <laughs> right. trying to catch the big waves right off the bat, and she saves his life. And he's like, oh. I'm going to stalk you. I'm going to figure <laughs> out your license plate, and I'm going to figure out who you are. I'm going to figure out your background, and I'm going to use that to get you to like me and trust me. And teach me how to surf. And teach me how to surf so I can get in with the surfing community. Wait. And lo and behold, the people she knows are the P 
people that are the criminals. But we find that out later. But the thing that got yeah. me while we were watching this is it just, you know, I, I I mean I got that right off the bat. Well, we just, kind of figured, just because like I figured it out, but still, it's like man, that was like too easy, right? Just kind of fell in his lap. But I, I actually I thought he was pretty smooth with his little story. Cause yeah, cause judging he, off of what he knew about her, I was like, oh okay. Yeah, cause he researches he her, well. finds out that her parents died in a plane crash. So to gain her trust, he uses that information and sells her a half true story about he was a quarterback at Ohio State, which is true. But then he went to law school, which was the lie not true and his parents died in a car accident yeah so he tells her right? his parents died in a car crash to gain her sympathy and then she agrees to oh i had my parents die too she didn't say that but it's like you can see it in her eyes oh i feel that which i'm not gonna lie that was kind of smooth also kind of fucked up yeah but and later comes to bite him in the it ass worked as a federal agent right doing his job but then he just, of course, like I thought he would, obviously, it's a 90s movie, and any movie, period, he just fell in love with her, right? and she fell in love with him, and then she realizes the truth, and is still in love with him. Whatever. Girl, get out of there. <laughs> he lied to you. But so we get some good surfers, uh, surf montages, and obviously, eventually, by meeting this girl. Dude, no. Let's talk about that for a second, though. The, the surfing. It was never like a true montage, but every single time they showed the surfing, it was always just slow motion. They just like were keeping with the story, like with the people on the beach and the people on the land or the waves. Like it was always just slow motion on the waves, and then they go back to the people on land and they'd be talking and just like slow motion on the waves again. I thought that was so great. Yeah. Like, I, I loved it, and I hated it at the same time. It's like, oh, God. Like, I just want to see some dude actually surf. But no, you just did it in slow motion literally every single time they were riding away. Because, yeah, like, when we get introduced to Bodie, it's slow motion, and it's him. And he's kind of like, it was real cool because he's on his board. But he's, like, leaning his back into the wall of the wave. But he's still, like, not yeah. losing any momentum. And you just go, what a badass yeah because like that was definitely somebody doing that and right it was actually really badass I'm it, it wasn't lie. swayze but whoever his son devil was or whoever like was i wish that. it like i wish it was i wanted to look that up i forgot to look that up to see if they actually learned how to surf a little bit but um yeah i forgot to do that <laughs> because they probably didn't yeah I'm not sure how much of this was stock footage or stuff they specifically filmed for the movie. I'm sure they spent a few days just filming people surfing and stitching. Yeah, because they they definitely had some good doubles because they all had like very similar outfits right. and uh, like their hairstyles and even body styles. Like they were pretty legit. But then you noted a couple of times where uh, there was some iffy green screen or blue screen where. Yeah, like twice. That was the only time I could tell. Well. Yeah, twice with Patrick Swayze on the waves, and he just turned around and was like, yeah, give him the good old thumbs up that they did numerous times in the movie was thumbs up, which cracks me up. But right. then and My I've, favorite thing, which is cut to girl just sitting on surfboard laughing. Yeah, but then actually they did really good with the skydiving scene. Skydiving scene was because great. Because I thought 
I was like, oh, well, I actually don't know. Like, that could really be them, and they could have had a camera right on them. I don't know. That shit looked real. It did. I'd have to. I, I, I should have looked into that, but it definitely looked real. Mm. So I'm just going to act like it was real. But, I mean, it could have been fake because they showed them, like, all together, like, from afar and stuff. So they're definitely filming people skydiving. They did do that really well, but it just seemed like those were actually so, so they, they did their try. characters. Um, shooting the surfing sequences provided to or proved to be challenging for the three actors, uh, Patrick oh. Swayze, Keanu, and uh, oh, what was her name? Lori uh, Petty. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, she didn't skydive with him. Though. No, but this is for the surfing. Uh, to go back oh, here. surfing. So, okay. uh, sorry. The the film team hired world-class professional surfer Dennis Jarvis, Jarvis of the Hawaiian island of Kauai uh, to kind of be a coordinator. And he remembers that Patrick said he'd been on a board a couple of times. Keanu definitely had not surfed before. And Lori had never been in the ocean in her life. Um, Swayze cracked four of his ribs. Dang. Um, for many of the surfing scenes, he refused to use a stunt double as he never had one for fight scenes or car chases. He also did the skydiving scenes himself, and the film's aerial jump instructor, Jim Wallace, found that the actor was a natural and took to it right away. The actor ended up making 55 jumps for the film. Swayze actually based aspects of his character after one of his stunt doubles, Derek Dorner, a top big wave surfer. So, just a little bit there. I mean, that's cool that he was at least like, nah, man, I got to do some of this myself. He was a Heck yeah. re- regular Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise. Right. Good for you, Swayze. Man, cracking four ribs, though, that'd be tough. Oh, heck yeah. But, no, so yeah, all those scenes were done really well. And Catherine Bigelow, I mean, to this point, I'm not sure what big films she did. To di- this point or disappoint? Uh, up to... You know, point Up break. this point. Because oh, I know, I, I definitely you. know the stuff she did after the fact. So she had directed three films prior to this. One called The Loveless. One called Near Dark, which I'd heard of. And uh, Blue Steel, which had Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Uh, that was uh, 1990. Then she got oh. her point break directorial film in 91. And after that, let's see. Hadn't seen Strange Days. The Weight of the Water hadn't seen, hadn't seen Canine, The Widowmaker. Uh, that's with Harrison Ford. But then, obviously, I've seen her last few. Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, I definitely saw. And then you got to see Detroit, which she did. Yep. And then uh, she was a executive producer on the Triple Frontier film that's on Netflix right now. Yeah, considering like what I mentioned in the uh, intro the movies I had seen by her, like Detroit and the Hurt Locker. Like those were crazy good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, she's just a director, not saying that's, I, I don't know, not just a director, but yeah, directing is definitely a big deal, but, um, I feel like those stories were just better written. Oh yeah. By yeah. a long shot compared to this movie. Oh yeah. But, yeah, her directing was even really, really good in both of those. Yeah, you definitely need to watch Detroit, by the way. Yeah, I definitely need. And you need to see you Zero Dark Thirty. So. Oh yeah, that that's one I have heard a lot about, and I would like to see. Like I think this, I mean, 
what I like about this, this being the earliest of her films I've seen, uh, you can tell that she's she's got the chop. She knows how to tell a story. Sure, it got a little muddled there towards the end, but that's you know what you learn as a director. You learn how to kind of hone hone the story in. You kind of know where to keep your focus. But I feel like she knew where to keep her focus. It was just it was the action and the story within that lens that she just kind of lost sight of. It never like got right. away from where it should have been. It was just uh, not great at keeping like, things clear. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work, dude? Like, I don't know the whole process of choosing a director and a writer and stuff. Like, is there just a writer and then we're like, all right, well, we want this person to direct this movie. So someone just picks up a movie because they got chosen or asked to direct a movie that someone already wrote. So they just roll with it. Is that typically what goes on? Because I know some people like write and direct. True. So it's like, did was there someone who wrote a movie and they're like, hey, we want you. We kind of like what you already did so far. Like We just kind of want you to direct this story. But they really have no say in the story technically, right? Well, uh, in, th- in this particular case, um, the screenwriter who... His name is W. Peter Liff. I believe that's how you'd pronounce his name. His name is W? That's, yeah, W. Peter Liff. You know, that's a writer's name where they put the the letter first. What a weird name, W? Yeah. But so he was developing. How do you spell that? D O U B L E. Shut the front door. Um, But here it says that he was developing the script back in 1986. He wrote the initial treatment for the film, but it was Catherine God. Bigelow. She helped develop the script with her husband, James Cameron. So they kind of took that script and, okay. and molded it. So they, he still got credit for writing it, but they they kind of molded oh. it after that. You know, Once they come on a project, they can be like, okay, we like this script, and here's kind of what we would kind of do with it. But it still stays. Right, because I know there's a lot of rewrites, but I don't know like yeah. who's in charge of those rewrites either. Usually a producer, it, it, sometimes a studio. It just depends on the project. Because right. I feel like it's that's what I've always understood. It was yeah. like usually the producer in the studio. Yeah. Like it, I don't know. It's a director. It is a very film by film. To do. Yeah, it's a film by film thing. But like so for this one this with this is a show we should be talking about. Because I'm learning. Yeah, but with Bigelow, like so since she had her hand in the pot from the beginning, you know, she. This was obviously a story she wanted to tell, so then you take it and you direct right. it. And, uh, right, because obviously she knew the story. Right. So she wanted. Because there's there are there are instances where directors will just come on and they're just hired. All right, we're just shooting the page as is. That's what my job is. Like some, and they're just there for mm-hmm. the paycheck. Some of them, you know, take the creative freedom. Like you could get a. Oh, I'm trying to think of a good example of uh, somebody who filled in for somebody. So like. Uh, in for somebody. Yeah, so like with Ant Man, uh, it was originally supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright, but he was fired two two months before filming was to begin, and that's a lot of time because a oh, film before pr- it began. Okay. Yeah, so it was, or maybe it was like a week or two. Okay, I forget well, the time frame. Film before they, or he was fired before they started. Before they started filming, but they had all this pre-production stuff done. You know, the script, the actors were hired, and okay. so they had to bring in a new director to just kind of. He kind of tweaked the script, I guess, and uh, still stayed with the same cast. You couldn't really change a lot of the set pieces because you go and pre-plan, you know, like, oh, the locations we're going to film at, 
right. and all that stuff. So you have to kind of still work within that grounds. And probably some special effects work was already being worked on from True. the beginning because that takes so much longer just to prep. Right. So it kind of hogtied you a little bit. But in that case, you know, he came out on top. You know, you wouldn't have guessed that it was uh, a, a second director, you know, that took over in the middle of production. Hmm. Oh, wait. So he started? So Edgar Wright was starting the project, got fired, and then the right. director okay, that took over, Peyton Reed, came in. Okay, so he's the one that was there during the filming then. Yes, Edgar Peyton Reed was, was never yeah. around during. Edgar Wright okay. never filmed a, a okay. frame okay. of the movie, but you know, but okay. he was so far along in pre-production that you know he, yeah, he had crazy. the storyboards and he had everything all planned out, and then just to throw a new director in there. Okay. You Plus, know, we've seen like. Directors now come in partway through filming already. Right, like when like, Zack Snyder got fired in post-production of Justice League, and then Joss mm. Whedon got hired during oh, uh, yeah. post-production to take over. And, and even uh, Ron Howard taking over Star Wars. Yep, Solo. Yep, Solo. So it's it's ha- yeah. You That's hear about crazy. it a lot more nowadays. That's but so weird. Yeah, we'll have to have a whole other discussion at some point, just talking yeah, about the we should just process. like talk about that and like not watch a movie. We could we could do a special. That would one. actually be really interesting because that would be a lot for me to learn. Because like I understand the way most stuff works when it comes to filmmaking, but mm. there's definitely more that you know a lot more about than I do when it comes to like the process of making a movie. Yeah, just like I, uh, producers and um, like yeah. Because, like, producers to me are just – I'm going to get off topic. Never mind. Let's not even get into that. But – No, I like I like the tangent. But, yeah, just um, – I really like these movies where I see somebody who wrote and directed the movie. Like, I've talked about a lot of films like that where the Three Colors trilogy, like, the dude wrote – directed and he did the filmography for the movies uh cinematography what did i say filmography, filmography. oh because i was looking at my uh, <laughs> laptop and i saw the word filmography <laughs> yep uh yeah cinematography uh yeah because he did all three for those movies and like that shit just like baffles me to know yeah. that he did all like how right like I, you can i've it's it's rare that you see a director do the cinematography as well. Yeah, that's that that's is very like, rare. He's the, only, a, the only other director I could think of at the top of my head would be Soderbergh. Um, I've known him to write, direct, and what do does he do? He did. Um, oh, he did. You know these names better than I do. He did that movie Haywire with Channing Tatum and the uh, okay, yeah. Ronda Rousey. But it I was, haven't uh, seen that. That was good. I, I definitely like that one. Then he's done oh, some other stuff. You would. He did like the. Lucky Logan, we just watched not that long ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He done, I actually really like that. Movie. Soderbergh's done a lot of stuff. Great. Not going to get me off on a Soderbergh. Okay, yeah. We're going well, we're gonna to try to get yeah, back on track. But okay. Let me, one other thing, real quick. But I, I like that shit. Go back to what you were saying. If I see a director, is a lot of directors, when they get the clout, they can become, you know, they become the producer of the project. So they get a lot more say, as well as already being the director. Right, because I've, I've wondered about that a lot. We should do an right. episode about that. Just because. Yeah. Directors get the most recognition, I feel like. Yeah, usually. But I feel like 
the person who writes the screenplay should get a lot of recognition you think? too. They, they're the unsung heroes. Yeah. Like with uh, that's we're gonna I, stay off this tangent. Yeah, no, that's, so like the the writers for uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about them. They're talking about the Russo brothers directing it. They're talking about all the actors. Yeah, like legit. Or, or Kevin wrote, Feige producing it. They're not talking legit about legit. Who wrote the Who wrote that? Uh, their last names are and I. Yeah, my bad. To you're, throw you're that good, at you, because uh, there's a podcast I've got. I actually don't know to listen to them be interviewed by Kevin Smith. Wrote the screenplay for that. Uh, give me three seconds. I'll tell you because, like I said, I saved this podcast. Why don't you just do it on your laptop? Well, it's can't you the type? Podcast on my phone. Marcus and McFeely oh. are the last names. They they're the writers. Okay. They've done a bunch. They've done all the Captain America movies. Okay. They did one of the Thor movies, and they've done the uh, last two Avengers movies. Uh, okay. With the Russo brothers, so they they are just great writers, and I think most of those films are the strongest mm-hmm. Marvel movies anyway, because they understand yeah. character. Yeah, for real. I've, I've even talked about that. Like some of those are my favorites. Yeah. It's Captain America. But anyway, so the other point I was gonna make. Then we can get back on track. Is if if I see a director is obviously a producer and a writer on the film, I give that film way more credit because you can tell that that's yeah, or at least going in, my expectations are really high because you you would assume that that is a passion project for that director, like the eight Tarantino films. Yeah, like the he, ones where he wrote and directed. That's, and them. I guess that's when you would call them an auteur. I don't know if that's the actual definition, but that's what I would okay. consider like because so, you would get your Scorsese. Who would write? I think Scorsese has written some of his movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Or, uh, or at least is very involved in the writing process. Then obviously you got your Tarantino, who pretty much has written all of his own scripts except for Jackie Brown, I want to say, which we're gonna watch later this summer. And oh yeah, because you haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. And then Christopher Nolan um, has kind of been on and off writing duty, but he's always uh, involved with whoever's writing the film with him or for him like i know uh like on batman begins he gave screenplay credit to david goyer dark knight he then co-wrote it with his brother and he co-wrote the script with uh, his brother on the third movie so he and then he obviously self or inception was an original idea from him that he wrote himself so so I feel okay. like if I see a director has written the movie as well, it's a passion project, and I'm more optimistic about it. Another one we didn't watch because you're bringing that up because I don't think you've seen it, but you have seen Goodfellas. Yep. At least. Yeah, you finally showed me that not that long ago. Yep. And then uh, Casino. Yep, Casino. I still haven't seen. He did write both of those movies and directed both of those hmm. movies. Scorsese did. I had to look that up real yeah. quick. But I feel like, I guess, as he's gotten older, he's just been like, yeah, like oh, I just want to do a good story and I'll direct it. Like, But I feel like he's like in the same boat where he'll sit down with a writer and they'll definitely hash out what it should be. And he'll just let the writer write the script. And he goes in and he does his movie magic. Because Scorsese still got it. Like, Wolf of Wall Street is incredible. Like, that got some, like, weird flack, though, didn't it? I don't Which, know. I love it. I... I think that movie's fantastic. I think it's for a three-hour film that I feel like goes by in two hours. Especially a uh, true story. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I burped right in the microphone that time. 
yeah. Uh, one last thought, and then we'll, let's get back on track and wrap up uh, Point Break. Because clearly, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's make a whole episode about this type. Yeah, of we'll shit, have though. we'll have to set that up. Maybe just do a couple. Special we're getting things. far along enough that I think we're liable to do we, it. We could take like a week off and just talk about that instead. Yep, I could be done with that. But uh, so anyway, back to Point Break real quick. Anything so, way. So like I was saying with Catherine Bigelow. Just saying. Do you not get that reference? What? Any dang way? No. All right, then fuck off. Go ahead. Okay. Proceed. Um. Uh. But like I was saying, I feel like with Catherine Bigelow, this show that it had a lot of potential to it. I still think the movie is great. Like I would give it like a solid B to B plus maybe. Definitely okay. not the best movie I've ever seen, but you could tell with her direction that she's a very strong director. She had a very good sense of action, and she was really good at uh, setting up a lot of her shots. So her cinematographer, Donald Peterman, I feel like I've heard his name before, her collaboration with him mm. was really good. The, there was the joke in the Honest trailer about how all the interior shots were somehow hazy. Yeah. Like there was smoke in it. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of gave the film a, a cool little feel where, like, whenever you're indoors, like, oh, yes, yeah, the stuffy uh, kind of trapped, trapped in the system. Right. Plus it was also the 90s. Like, right. People were smoking a lot more back then, too. That was a good point you which made. Made sense, which made sense. Which, just to digress a little bit again, as I do. But <laughs> it was just really funny that... Uh, um, what, what was the boss's name? Uh, uh, Played by John C. McGinley? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's Ben Harp as John McGinley. That, I didn't really get FBI it. director Ben Harp. Why do they say that? I don't know. But... Um, cause that's his name, but so yeah, Ben Hart, he was like telling Keanu's character, he's like, yeah, like I'm all about, I'm going to paraphrase, but he was trying to say like, he's all about people's health and like well being and shape and stuff. Right. Cause to be so, an FBI agent, you gotta be in peak. Yeah. So he's like, there's no smoking here. There's no drinking here. And the fact that fucking Gary Busey was drinking with Keanu like in the office, they're just drinking their Coronas. Like in their actual office, right. roomy office. I thought that was hilarious. And right after Keanu, well, and Gary got chewed out by their boss John Harp, he just sits smoking a cigar. Like right after he walks out of the office, right through the building, I was like, "Dude, wait, what?" <laughs> like he's literally doing everything the to piss him off. Like. <laughs> I want to do everything to piss off my boss. And that's actually what I love about the 90s movies, too. Because I feel like that's always in these 90s cop people. Like, that's what they do. Right. They're just, like, trying to do exactly the opposite of what their boss tells them to do. And that shit cracks me up. And that's actually why I love 21 and 22 Chum Street. Hell yeah, I love those movies. Uh, let's not get into that. Right. But, yeah, those are just great. But I, anyways, it, I, I just thought that was hilarious. So that's what made me think. I was like... Oh, it is kind of foggy and hazy. I was like, but it's 91. Like, people were still smoking where they shouldn't have, like, or where we definitely can't now. So I was like, maybe that was a little bit why. I didn't think about it until that honest trailer, but I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Because so for for fear of going off on any more tangents, yeah. Um, would you recommend this movie? Fuck to, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'd tell people to watch this. Just because it's it's a fun ride, and uh, because you gotta catch those waves, man. 
cast those ways, brah. And brah. And if you had to rank the movie, kind of where would you feel like you would put it? Like top? Like how ranking like a of the of the ones we of we've watched, where you'd be like, this is towards oh, the top, you know. Um, this is like somewhere a little above the middle. Okay, I would say. Because I, I enjoyed it enough. Like, I didn't get bored with it. Yeah, I had it. Like, I, I captured its flaws and shit, but mm. I enjoyed it a lot. So, I put it above the middle. Like, just above the middle of ranking, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I put this up there. Um, so, it's, it's like de- a C plus, B minus. Okay, see, I, I, I like say. that solid D. Like, it's definitely. Uh, it, it has a potential at times, but then mm-hmm. there's just some stuff that just kind of drags mm-hmm. it down. You're like, all right, you're getting a little cheesy. I was like, where is the story going? Like, why yeah. did you just jump to that all of a sudden? Right. That's what threw me off. That's oh, man. why I say, like, C plus. The B one plus, thing, B minus. and I, I haven't told you this, but I was speaking with our, our buddy, and uh, I told him I bought a projector recently, and mm-hmm. how I kind of wanted to just watch a movie outside, and he offered up. To build a giant screen, you know, white screen. On Son this, of a bitch would. On a property, and we could figure out a movie to watch uh, during the summer and have people over and movies or movies. But uh, this would be a prime candidate for something like that. I, I'm not saying we'll do it, but I'm saying this would be yeah. the type of movie I would want to watch on a, a, a screen with a bunch of friends, you know, drinking beer, you know, like this is that kind of movie. When yeah, you would just have so much fun with it. Because this isn't a movie I'm just like, nah, I don't want to watch this again because it was that bad. I but think, I think I would watch it because it would be fun to where I don't care exactly what's going on because right, you, you like, kind of don't understand anyway. So I'd like just like... You can check in and out. And then I'd talk crap during <laughs> the movie. Yeah. I feel like this is one where you pay attention for the beginning, but the second half you can kind of check in and out and you know where, you know, not really missing much. You kind of catch up what's going on, and like it's good enough. Just write it out to be entertained, but it's also bad enough to just talk crap. <laughs> yeah, it walks that fine line where yeah. there's so much good to talk about, and there's I am an FBI agent. Right, like I'm not gonna be mad if you like interrupt. Right during this movie, like you better not talk when the Swayze is talking. Right. <laughs> but hey, uh, get me two. <laughs> Uh, two meatball sandwiches. Two of them. Two. But ah, no, yeah, I I like this movie quite a bit. Um, no, this was fun. Like I said, I w- I'll probably end up buying this just to be like, you know what? I need this cheesy movie to be like at the ready just in case. And I'm so glad I finally got to check it out. Me too. Very, very recommended. Me too. All right. So should we just wrap this puppy up for fear of yes, sir. more tangents? All right. Well, that's it for our show. Uh, sorry about all the tangents. Hashtag sorry, not. not sorry. Again, follow us on Twitter at YHST Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook.com slash You Haven't Seen That Podcast. You can also email us at You Haven't Seen That Podcast at gmail.com. Links will also be in the description wherever you found this podcast. And check back with us next week when we'll probably go off on some more tangents, but Hopefully. we'll also be talking about the movie Snatch. You're oh excited? yeah, you excited about that one? Like yeah, this is one that I've seen 
you tried to get me to watch it, but I... But your bitch ass fell asleep. asleep. This was years ago. This is before my uh, hardcore... Mm. No? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It was even before that, so that's even worse. Well, we're going to get through it. Um, And we'd also, real quick, like to give a shout-out to our friends Steve and Angie on uh, the birth of their son today. Congratulations. Uh, While we're recording... um, Oh, wonderful friends. I know he, he listens to us from time to time, so uh, congratulations, my brother from another mother. And we will see you on the next episode. You haven't seen that. would like to thank you for listening. Remember, the thoughts and opinions shared by participants on the show are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for.